The following program is brought to you in living color. This is the time of the year when some of us like to enjoy the odd glass of wine. What's the best bottle of wine in the whole place? Ori wants us to finish this bottle and then three more. Well, to the wine cellar. Friendship is the wine of life. The longer we keep it, the stronger and sweeter it grows. It's The Wine Crush, the show that's all about the grape. Now, here's the host, the woman whose glass will be empty before yours, Laura Lawson. Why is it people who can't take advice always insist on giving it? Welcome back to The Crush. I'm Laura Lawson, your favorite Chardonnay sipping diva, and you are listening to the show that's all about the grape and all its glory, all the vine, all the time, everything you ever wanted to know about wine and were afraid to ask. That's what we are here for. We are your media resource for everything about our very early transporting itself into a bin and barrel grape. Yes, our little grape is causing mounds of panic around the United States and actually up into Canada because it has decided that it wants to get to its destination early. It's like the rest of us. We certainly want to be there early. Yes, the grape is in a hurry. It wants everything now. It wants to be done with things. Well, I can understand that because we're like that. It just makes sense. It would rub off onto our grapes after a while. Well, you know, you understand this next generation wants everything now. It's instant gratification. Everyone makes the team. And now our fruit is following suit. And you'd think the wine industry would be immune to that kind of thinking. Why? Because wine we accept takes time. Oh, no, don't. Good if you wine. Don't, don't, don't pull out the quote. Don't you dare. Do not do it. I, I, I do not want to hear. I don't know no, wine even, before it's yes, time. Yes. You know no, we, we, we could have gone without the Orson Welles quote. But apparently it is time and we are moving in that direction. So today we are going to be focusing on harvest. We're going to answer some of your questions on harvest. We are also going to have... A really great story for you that's going to be brought to you by two great guests, Robin and Andrea McBride of Truve Wines and Eco Love. Uh, great story. You've got to hear what these ladies have to say. They are going to be calling in from Shalone uh, Vineyards while they are doing their harvest. So hopefully we can get them on the line. Of course, it might be entertaining. I do have people who are in the business that are very near friends that I always love talking to them this time of year because those are the conversations they can never take back. They haven't had any sleep. They don't make any sense. They tend to be punchy, and you get to make fun of them for another 364 days. <laughs> right. So it's just that cruel and unusual. You call them up and say, how you doing, and see what kind of gibberish comes out yep. from the line. i got regular relatives like that myself. You can relate to that. All right, so this is that magical time of year when – Our grapes are coming off the vine to slowly begin to become our favorite beverage. And there is a lot that goes into this. And this is the time and this is the situation where the respect I have for winemakers, for growers, everybody involved in the dirt to vine to plant to barrel aspect of it goes up immensely. Because I know right now I do not have the intestinal fortitude to do what they do. Because it's what there's a quote out there, and I'm going to get this wrong, that ultimately pilots use that say flying is easy until something goes wrong. What it said, four-hour flight with only 10 minutes of panic or something along those yeah. lines. And the same really holds true for winemaking. Because a number of you do write in and you call in and you ask questions this time of year. Some of my favorite questions are, when is harvest going to be scheduled this year so I can plan my trip to Napa, Sonoma, Oregon, Washington State around there. Yeah, right. That, that is one of my favorite questions. Uh, also, how can I tell when harvest is coming? Will I be able to go participate? These are all very relative questions. Uh, and again, it goes back to, uh, bless your hearts, stop sending me requests to go out and harvest. I'm going to be available to harvest from August 16th into August 19th. Where can I go? I don't know. And to be honest with you, nobody else knows either. Some people may have an inkling of an idea. Some people may have a concept. But only Mother Nature is the one that can play hand in that. And that's something that I realize we tend to forget when we discuss marketing, we discuss labels, tech, gadgets, things that go outside the bottle of wine. Ultimately, Mother Nature is the gatekeeper in this situation. Last year, Mother Nature threw us an earthquake. Last year, Mother Nature. This year, drought. 
We've had drought. We've had little to no rain. We've had a lot of degree days. So our grapes are ready to be picked. So we're going to look at that from a perspective. We're going to go into, and I mean a very simple, high point, high line overview of what harvest is. And we'll get into some particulars of what our friends and compatriots actually all around the country are dealing with right now. For those of you who pay attention to the show, you have heard me say several times, there is a winery near you. There is a winery in all of our 50 states. That does include Hawaii and Alaska, by the way. Yes, they both have wineries. Every state we have right now is harvesting something. Is there a wine industry in Canada? Uh, it's a, there's a huge, huge wine industry. bustling, okay. Uh, it is known for its ice wines, its sweet wines, its dessert wines. There are some amazing Canadian wines. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, they make uh, the first thing that comes to mind. And I know, go ahead and call in. I'm not doing it hatefully, but I love Canadian ice wines. Okay. And they are absolutely phenomenal. Why, why would that be controversial? Do a lot of people not like them? No, they like them, but Canada does so much more than just ice wine. It's like saying that you like California Cabernet and disregarding the rest of the state, not paying attention to all the wonderful things they do. Everyone has their passions. Mine happens to be their ice wine, but they make great still wines. They do Chardonnays. They do uh, Mueller Thurgals. They do wonderful Rieslings. They have a lot to offer. Yet, how many great... Canadian wines have we featured on this show? I believe I could count those on one hand. No, there, you could count them on one. There's no doubt about it. Um, I'm trying to think. Inniskillen and Peller, I believe, are the only two. And they are both dessert and ice wines. Okay. But again, it, you have to look. It's not at, your thing, though, is it? What, what is the show? The Wine Crush. Yes, the Wine Crush brought to you by whom? Well, it's brought to you by the goodness of our hearts right now. Yes, but besides that, it's brought to you by Laura Lawson. Oh, that's and right. And since I that's am the right. host of the, the host, show, the I get to kind of pick and choose what's recommended instead on the show, which does lead to a lot of people having a little bit of anguish, but that's neither here nor there. Canada, please so, don't declare war on us. Yes, thank we'll do, you. We'll do you one day. Oh, I'll find a way to offend the French and we'll get the Canadians off the hook. All right, so today we are discussing harvest. We're going to, again, hit some highline on things. But as everybody in every state, is going through some kind of harvest, it does lead into some interesting questions. Let's start with the first one that I get most commonly, and I wasn't deliberately making fun of my lovely listeners who ask when they can schedule their visit based around harvest. When does harvest occur? Harvest occurring is the heart and soul up to the winemaker of the property. It is not on a timeline. It is not on a calendar. It is not all of a sudden. It is June 1st, and it's harvest day. It is a culmination of looking at weather. It is a culmination of looking at the state of the grapes. It is a culmination of the science of the grapes, being able to measure the sugar levels, being able to measure the acid levels. Uh, technically, it's called taking it out and measuring the bricks, B-R-I-X, of the grapes, and seeing if you have the desired sugar levels to bring the fruit in. Every winemaker has in their head what their formula is for their wine, and it all starts with the bricks level with the grapes. Once the winemakers go out and they decide that it is time for the grapes to come in, that's when the decision tree really opens up and things get interesting. This is also where I'd panic. Uh, again, speaking to several of my friends out there, there is a finite time once you decide to harvest to get your grapes in. Some people have the luxury of only having five rows of grapes to get in and can go and hand harvest 18 times. Other people have acres and acres of grapes that hopefully they can get in before, one, they get sunburned, or two, they get drenched. At least right now, we're not necessarily worrying about them getting drenched, but you never really know. So as such, you have to have on hand bins, workers, crews, tanks, stemmers, de-stemmers, everything put together in the spot of a moment. There are wineries and wine facilities out there that literally can go out at 3 o'clock today, take the bricks measure and say, oh, wow, we're there. Now, this is where it pays to have, again, you just have to be brave. You have to be bold because the level of stress this would induce on me to look around and say, wow, I wasn't really planning on harvesting for another week, but it's time to go now. And being able to put together a crew of people to come get the grapes off the vine get them shaded, get them into the vineyard, and making sure your tanks are empty and your crushers and your pressures are ready to go, I couldn't do it. So I respect that. So as we look at that, let me go into a couple questions that I have received. Uh, when you discuss harvest, 
How do wineries decide whether to harvest by machines or by hand? I, I think that's less of a winemaker decision at the spur of the moment, but more of an economy of scale. There are two primary methods of harvesting. One is to have crews come out and handpick the grapes. Generally, you find that in your estate-grown fruit. Generally, you find that in your smaller vineyards. Generally, you find that in your higher-priced wines. There are also mechanical harvesters. Mechanical harvesters can go up and down the vines. The vines are planted and spaced to accommodate these mechanical harvesters, and they're the ones that pull it in. Here's where the difference is. When you look at hand harvesting, it is individual crews that go out and you're hoping ideally investigate every group of grapes that they are plucking. In some cases, they are hand plucking individual grapes to put into the bins to take to make the wine. Because as we know, for those of you who have spent time in a farm or around any kind of growing, that there is not necessarily consistency between one part of the plant and the other. Anyone who has ever attempted to grow tomatoes certainly knows that with which I speak. One side of my tomato plant has beautiful, lovely, wonderful, ripe, soon to be eaten by squirrels, tomatoes. The backside of that tomato plant is still green and growing, and it will not be consistent. All my tomatoes will not be ready at the same time. The same thing happens with vines and clusters of grapes. You can go out, and one cluster to the right and the cluster to the left are not both ready to go at the same time. You have to have trained crews that go out and know what they are looking for as far as feel, heft, weight, ripeness, and be able to pick the right ones. Mechanical harvest, however, when you're looking at it, it's everything and nothing. And also with mechanical harvest, you are not necessarily just getting the clumps of grapes. You often get a lot of stems. You get a lot of branches. You get a lot more of the excess that is around the grapes pulled up into that harvester. So those are your two extremes. Generally, again, it's economy of scale and it's a winemaking decision, but it's not something that's made right at that moment. Oh, today I'm going to hand harvest, tomorrow I'm going to mechanical harvest. There is a lot of planning and decision making that have to go into that before anything can happen. We're going to take a quick break right here. When we return, we will answer more of your harvest questions and get a little bit deeper into what's going on in all of our 50 states right now. For pictures, videos, show recaps, and more, become a fan of Wine Crush Radio Group on Facebook. Do you owe back taxes to the IRS? Newsflash, the president has changed the tax laws. And now you may be able to pay the IRS less. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, the tax doctor can help you pay the IRS as little as possible allowed by law. There are new tax laws for business owners, the self-employed, even W-2 workers. If you have a back tax problem or a few years of unfilled returns, new help to save you money is now here. Call right now to see how the new tax tax laws can help you. Plus, right now, we'll waive the consultation fee and give you a free tax savings report. Attention business owners, the self-employed, and W-2 workers. Make this free call to the tax doctor now and learn how to take advantage of the new tax laws that may help you pay the IRS less. 800-281-7048. 800-281-7048. That's 800-281-7048. Do you have an idea for an invention or new product? Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Then call InventHelp now. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential and explains every step of the invention process. We create professional materials representing your idea and submit it to companies who are looking for new ideas. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp. Call us for free information at 1-800-542-6751. 1-800-542-6751. 1-800-542-6751. This is the news. This morning, we are saluting the 2.2 million women who have joined in the war effort. They now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. 
The prestigious Harvard Medical School is breaking ground today, opening its doors to new female applicants. Today, little girls all over the world look to the sky, where the first woman is now in space. Military stereotypes are challenged today with the trailblazing promotion of a U.S. female officer to four-star general. It was just announced that the vast majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. Ranger Station, Ranger speaking. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting. Location? Uh, in the woods, just outside of town. Oh, not surprising. You've got your home. Bears have theirs. Yeah, but see, this wasn't just any bear. This bear was wearing jeans and a hat, as in a smoky bear. Jeans and a hat. That's definitely smoky. What exactly did he have to say? Well, we were about to head home, you know, after having a bonfire. Oh, I can guess where this is going. Right, right. See, Smokey told me the fire wasn't actually out. He said if it's too hot to touch, it's too hot to leave. That's true. Did you know that nine out of ten wildfires are caused by humans? That means 9 out of 10 wildfires can be prevented. Wow, no kidding? I'm a forest ranger. We never kid. Sorry. <laughs> that was a joke. Oh. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference because 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans. Brought to you by Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. We're back with more Wine Crush with Laura Lawson. Welcome back to The Crush. I'm Laura Lawson. And right now it is apropos to say welcome to The Crush because that is what is going on around the country right now. Right now, we are high spotting, trying to answer some of your harvest questions in a very generic area, but it is fun to try and attempt this. For those of you who can, now is a great time to go to your local winery, to be around local wine country. Now, granted, you're going to be dealing with a lot of traffic. You're going to be dealing with a lot of people in and out, a lot of trucks. And no, you can't just necessarily walk on a property and help harvest. But if you can get around what's going on and get a bird's eye view, again, whether it's right down the street, whether it's going out to uh, Napa, Sonoma, Lake County, Southern California, and witness this firsthand is something the likes of which you will never forget. And it's not just about seeing it. It's also about the smell. And there is something that's absolutely amazing the first time you smell your first harvest, whether it's the combination of the fruit coming in, the sweetness, the ripeness of the, the, the grapes coming off the vine, whether it's the smell of the barrels and actually the smell of the fermentation, it will just resonate with you. If you're a true wine lover, you have to experience just once just to understand what I'm talking about. It will be as symbiotic to your brain as the smell of fresh mown grass. So if you get a chance, I would definitely mm. check that out. Now, a couple questions I get, and these are ones that I think are very, very uh, important to touch on because they explain a little bit of the science. Obviously, we've looked at whether you pick by hand or pick by uh, ma- machine. That makes a difference. But a, a listener writes in, why are grapes picked at night? Not all grapes are harvested at night. Again, it goes back to the hand harvesting. Generally, that's where you're going to find the grapes that are being picked at night. They are being picked at night because it's cooler. And it's not just for the workers. It's not for the worker benefit. Grapes do better when they are cooler. As they heat up, they are more volatile. They are definitely getting riper than the winemaker might want them to be. By bringing them in cool, it aids fermentation because as you start getting into 10 a.m., 11 a.m., you start getting to 93, 94, 95 degrees. We all know heat is not anybody's friend. So by picking in cooler climates, you can have a more controlled fermentation. You so, can make sure things don't run away. So what time would uh, harvest start? You like, can. They, gotta, they have to cool off a little bit. Uh, you can see them probably right now in Southern California and Washington State. They're harvesting 24 hours around the clock. You hmm. are literally, those that are harvesting at night probably go out 11, 1130. That late. There are some that will go out at nine. There are some that start at two in the morning. Literally right now. 
does not matter whether you're a day person, night person, at any point, you can walk out and find someone harvesting. Hmm. And it's interesting to see the different philosophies that different wineries have. Obviously, some wineries actually have bought in stadium lights and they can actually put them over the vineyard so they can see and the workers can pull it. There are some that harvest by flashlight, by LED, by candle wicks, can't not candle, not candles themselves, candle wicks, you know, individual ones to sit down with their little LED and spy on the different clusters. It's really fascinating to experience. But yes, you find a lot of people who are doing the small estate grown fruit, they want to bring their grapes in while it's cooler. So that explains why they're doing it at night. Also, here's an interesting question and it it leads to many different answers to be such a simple question. Are all grapes harvested? The answer is no, they are not. And what's interesting is to find out where and why. Obviously, for those that have followed the crush and have a little bit of background as far as grapes go, during the growing season, grapevines are thinned. There are clusters of grapes that have been cut off the vine and thrown down because we want the fruit that's on the vine to be particularly concentrated. We are looking for a certain size, flavor, everything else, and by limiting the amount of fruit, obviously it concentrates it. But when you start getting into harvest, particularly when we start looking at smaller vineyards, when we look at these individual estates, they have the crews that go out at night. They can harvest individual berries to a point. They can also harvest individual clusters. There are some estates and some acres that literally will be hand harvested seven different times. There are some that can be harvested 10 different times. As long as Mother Nature cooperates and there is no rain and the degree days are there and the fruit is still getting ripe, they will go out and make pass after pass after pass. But eventually there are going to come situations where some of those grapes on the vine are simply not going to be ripe fast enough to be harvested. They are not going to be in time to join their brothers fermenting. They're not going to be enough of them left to actually create what they need to create. So when it's said and done, are all the vines picked bare? No, they are not. There is some fruit left out there. And of course, that's when all the animals and all the yellow jackets certainly appreciate it. Not that the yellow jackets don't appreciate it more. Also, you have special types of wine that are being made. Our friends at Dolce, of course, can testify to this. There are some grapes that will be left on the vine until November to make our prized dessert wines that with botrytis. And of course, there are those that hope for a very, very cold snap so they can make their own ice wine. So again, basically from now until the end of the year, you're bound to find somebody who's playing with or harvesting a grape. We're going to take a break right here. When we return, we'll be joined by Robin and Andrea McBride to talk about Truve wines and their experience with harvest. Hey, travelers. Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 800-989-0233. 800-989-0233. 800-989-0233. That's 800-989-0233. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, 
I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a... 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. My student loan is totally paid off. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. I paid more than the minimum each month, and soon enough, it was gone. So you're just giving up. Giving up on what? The life of luxury. Egyptian cotton, caviar Thursdays, designer everything. What are you talking about? Our plan. What happened to winning the lottery and mastering the art of the perfect mimosa? Hosting galas, wearing enough jewelry to require a bodyguard, vacationing in the French Riviera, and then buying it. I just thought maybe it was time to prepare for my future. You know, set some financial goals, make some smart investments, open a 401k. Financial goals? Investments? A 401k? You are horrifying right now. Listen, if winning the lottery were easy, everyone would do it. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council on the next episode of Recipes for Disaster. So we've got our neighbor Paul coming over tonight for a barbecue, which is why I prepared a delicious lemon rosemary steak marinade for my special collection of old family recipes. To make sure the steaks are extra, extra, extra tender, I left them marinating out on the counter overnight, just like Nana used to. Maria may mean well, but without food safety, it never ends well. Always thaw or marinate foods in the refrigerator at 40 degrees Fahrenheit or below. Or you could make your friends and family really sick. Maria's neighbor Paul didn't think twice about the steak he ate until he was presenting his company's financial forecast to the board. That's when a sudden bout of food poisoning made it explicitly clear that profits weren't the only thing on the rise. Watch Recipes for Disaster at foodsafety.gov. You'll learn the right steps as Maria does everything wrong. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. It's the Wine Crush. Welcome back to The Crush. I am Laura Lawson. And right now, I'm really excited about our next guest. Not only are they a team of winemakers, but they are truly sisters. They are the McBride sisters, and they are the wonderful people that are responsible for Eco Love and for True Vey Chardonnay. Ladies, Robin and Andrea McBride, welcome to The Wine Crush. Thank you. Thanks, Laura. It is fun to, this is great. And the very fact y'all are taking time from Harvest to come and join us, that just makes it all the more special. So how are you doing and how is Harvest going and how are things in your part of the world? Well, we're currently right now we're um, in Shalone, which is in the central coast of California. And um, started last night um, and we'll harvest again um, this evening, you know, when it's a little bit cooler. Um, but we're just walking through today and tasting the fruit off the vines and everything's looking good, so we're happy. <laughs> that is a great place to be. Big smiles on your face, perfect weather, perfect way to harvest. I am just excited for both of you. But for our listeners, they don't really know the whole impact of the two of you together. Can one of y'all give us your background and tell us a little bit all about the McBride sisters? Yeah, we have a little bit of a, a different story about how we got into wine. And so Andrea and I, um, we're sisters, but we're half-sisters. And we grew up not knowing anything at all about each other. We have the same dad, but we were both raised by our mothers in different parts of the world. So I was, this is Robin. I was raised in Monterey, um, California, and um, Andrea, my little sister, was raised in New Zealand, um, in Blenheim, Marlborough, in, in wine country with her mother. And it wasn't until neither one of us um, grew up with our, knowing our father, so we didn't know each, of each other. And it wasn't until later in life that... Uh, unfortunately, he was ill, and um, before he became very sick and passed away, he asked his family to find both of his daughters and connect the two of us. Um, and it took a lot of effort on our family's part, but they, they finally did connect us, and we met in 1999 for the first time. And when we met, we realized that the two of us, um, although, you know, very different parts of the world, ten, seven or 10,000 miles apart, that we had a similar background that we were both raised in really beautiful and gorgeous 
um, areas that were both new, you know, upcoming uh, wine regions. Now, were both of you involved in the wine world at that point, or is it just something you worked on together? No, so my uh, my mother's brother and actually my, my, my mother's family have always been involved in farming and agriculture, and in Marlborough and Blenheim, a few folks decided to get together and plant this grape called Sauvignon Blanc in the mid-80s, which is, you know, seems like it turned out to be a pretty a good bet and a good idea. So um, a lot of people took this kind of leap of faith to see if Marlborough F. Blenheim could be ideal for um, a new world grape growing area. Uh, and so my mum's family took a little part of their land and started to plant vineyards, which was pretty humble work. And, <laughs> and my early participation, honestly, was uh, free labor. Um, <laughs> hey, that, that, that's <laughs> what children are for, free labor all the way around. <laughs> yeah. And so that was, that was my early introduction. Um, but we were quite separated from the final product. My experience was the growing aspect, you know, we harvested, you know, the wine, the, the grapes would go on the truck, and then we weren't really a part of the entire winemaking process. And it wasn't until I met my sister, you know, and she'd grown up in Monterey around agriculture as well, and around vineyards and winemaking that we shared these dreams that we had of that one day we, we thought we wanted to make wine and we thought it'd be a good idea that we'd do it together. And that's kind of how everything came together ultimately. That is just such a great story all the way around, to have totally separate lives, be on separate continents, to not know each other, to both have a touch with agriculture, and to come together, basically we're looking at 16 years later, and to have two amazing brands of wine behind you. It truly is a melding, and it, I guess in a lot, lot of different ways, it's definition of negotiant. So obviously y'all started with Ecolove. Tell us a little bit about Ecolove and what is the background on that? I think it made the most sense to start in New Zealand because we did have that connection to the farming and the grape growing aspect. Um, and we actually, after we first met, Robin came down to New Zealand and, you know, we did a lot of our bonding as sisters, you know, in New Zealand and vineyards and drinking wine. <laughs> you know, A lot of drinking obviously. wine, I'm sure. <laughs> I think it was, it was, I don't want to say anything's easy because it's not easy, but it was a starting place for us just to talk to folks and get a certain sense of what we could um, ultimately produce. And we actually started in the business as importers. So we started importing um, other people's wines into the United States. And these producers range from Central Otago, Pinot Noir, Specialist, to Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc, to Rhone Bridles in the Hawke's Bay. So we're, it was kind of cool because we were able to cut our teeth and be a part of Harvest and have these conversations around the other part of the wine business, the business aspect of the wine business around labeling and distribution and marketing. Um, so it, it gave us a really awesome entree and gave us really awesome experience before we started Ecolove. And so, you know, we did that for a few years with the goal, you know, to be able to save up enough and, and start Ecolove. And that was kind of our trajectory. And then um, that was about four years before we started Ecolove. And then, you know, once we got to sit down and and decided, okay, we're definitely going to do this. We had a really good sense of who we were, what we wanted to do in, in terms of the farming aspect, are really big, and in, in terms of sustainable farming. Um, the eco component of Ecolove obviously is the sustainability piece, but it was also um, we offset all the transportation emissions from shipping the products around the world, and we purchase carbon credits. And uh, these carbon credits go to uh, replanting trees because the bark and trees takes the carbon out of the air. So, I don't know, it was like, you know, kind of cool and, and something that, that we were both really passionate about and we really loved. And I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. Hey, hey, it happens because you have a, such an exciting topic. <laughs> well, obviously, we've done Ecolove. We approve that New Zealand is definitely on the map, that there is a place for New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, as we all know. But then recently, you have come around and now y'all have moved back to... Um, Let's say the United States, we have done New Zealand, now we're coming to our continent. And of course, we are launching and harvesting as we speak. I guess what, this will be the second vintage of Truve? Yeah, it'll be our second vintage. So as you are out there, as you are tasting grapes, what do you think is going to be the difference between last vintage and this vintage now that you have one under your belt? I think that they are a little bit similar in the sense that the concentration of fruit is quite intense, you know, as... Everybody knows that the drought in California is being quite um, extreme, and therefore, you know, 
and we've had to limit the irrigation and, and, and you know, how, we, how we're doing things. And so I would say the fruit intensity is, is just as good as 14. I think in terms of our Chardonnay, we definitely are playing with a little bit more peach fruit profile, like white peach fruit profile. Our last vintage, we had a lot more green fruit, like green apple, green pear, some really great citrus flavors. This vintage, the fruit is really, really beautiful, and we're getting these great stone fruit and tropical fruit notes. And so we're leaning a little bit more in that direction. And then in terms of our red blend, I mean, the, the summer varietal in that blend is our Grenache. Uh, it comes from San Benito, and we guess it's about 80 to 100-year-old vineyard, bush-trained, head-trained vines, and the fruit from, from, from these vines is just stunning. Well, question for you as you're in this harvest, are you two back to being manual labor again? Even though you've been the broker, you've been negotiants, you put it all together, come on, admit it. You're back to being labor. <laughs> yeah, well, you, know, you wear a lot of hats, you know. But, I mean, come on, this is the fun part, you know. You, you work so hard all year round, to, you know, to get this awesome fruit quality. And, um, you know, this is it. And so, you know, we love this. This is this is fantastic. And, and you know, we wish we could spend more time in the vineyard, but... With managing all aspects of the business, it definitely was a lot less than we anticipated going <laughs> starting the company. Don't necessarily um, get no, to get out as much as you want to. We do understand that. I will say this. I personally will be looking ahead to see what you two can come up with next. But right now, being the Chardonnay Sipping Diva, I think I'll just sit back, enjoy my Truve, and see what comes next. <laughs> Ladies, thank you all very, very much. And hopefully you all have a great and successful harvest. Thank you so much. Follow host Laura Lawson on Twitter at Wine Crush Radio. This is the Wine Crush. If you suffer from heartburn or other digestive-related disorders, then there is a new, safe, better, and natural alternative to better digestive wellness and heartburn relief. Praxid not only provides relief of heartburn, but Praxid takes a 360-degree approach to support better digestion, protect you from harmful bacteria, and also balance your stomach to improve digestive functions. We like to think of it as the multivitamin of digestive health. It's the only product to combine all natural ingredients known for the digestive health properties into a single patented product. Praxid also comes in easy-to-carry packs. Praxid relieves, restores, and maintains a healthy digestive system. Praxid is available here for only $39.95. Shipping and handling is free, and your money back is guaranteed. To take advantage of this special radio offer, call now, 1-800-829-5735. That's 1-800-829-5735. Again, 1-800-829-5735. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Call On Call Pharmacy right now and save as much as $700. 800-884-7919. On Call Pharmacy delivers the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Call On Call Pharmacy now and take advantage of this special offer. 800-884-7919. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. 800-884-7919. 800-884-7919. 800-884-7919. Welcome back to the Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray-black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. 
Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council. Welcome back for more of The Wine Crush with Laura Lawson. This is The Crush. I'm Laura Lawson. And that was Robin and Andrea McBride. And I know we started out this show, and the show is about harvest. But hearing that story, that, that really, I'm, I'm waiting for the made-for-TV movie on that. That really is a lifetime movie. To, Lovely accents, too. Well, the, I mean, the accent's wonderful. The concept of both of them being involved in the wine business, 7,000 miles apart, not meeting until 1999, that is the kind of thing to me that makes a difference in a wine. Again, the harvest, what goes into the bottle, what goes in the packaging, what goes in the label. But when you hear a story that endearing, that to me is the heart and soul of what this business is about. So I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Keep in mind, Truve Wines, Eco Love. And again, many thanks to the ladies for calling us, taking the time out during harvest. Because as we all know, very, very chaotic times and very, very busy. Now, it was interesting. I don't know if you picked up on this and we got into it, but... I loved hearing their commentary on the drought because that's been a big question I'm getting both through email and in phone calls right now. People either seeing the wildfire, seeing the drought, and wondering if we're even going to have a 2015 vintage or people wondering how it's going to affect things. Obviously, we have discussed the scientific side and the actual side, but now that we are into harvest, it's very interesting to see people's perception. Of course, Anytime we're dealing with the drought, especially as we're in our fourth year and we've argued the water rights, it is impactful. But as we get into and people are taking a look at the vineyards, people have always said, and you can hear it over and over again, that the best wines and the best vines are caused when someone has adversity and has to struggle. And so we're in a situation, like I mentioned in our first segment, that people can go in and drop fruit. We're dealing, even with the drought, for vines that have resonated, they have grown, and because people have taken care of them, despite the lack of water and lack of rain, these are thriving. So the question is, yes, we're going to have a 2015 harvest. Yes, we're going to have a 2015 vintage, and particularly after hearing what not only Robin and Andrea have said, but another of my winemaking friends, I think we are out to have a really, really great year. If we thrive in adversity, no, no. what... <laughs> this might be a good question. Okay. Don't dismiss me yet. I'm not dismissing you yet. What good do you think really came out of the earthquake last year? I think, and that was actually something. It was a good question, wasn't it? it? It was a very good question. I think it really brought people together. It brought some teamwork together. It really showed that it is truly a winemaking community that pulls together that everybody works together as friends, that people care about each other, and it's not just about every man for himself. Also, I think we're in a situation, and this was, I don't know if we did a show on this or it was something I wanted to mention. Obviously, heart went out to any of those that lost, uh, anyone that lost loved ones. We're we're past that. But when the situation, I think it was Hess lost a good portion of their juice. Saintsbury, Trefethen definitely took damages. B.R. Cohn took damages. A lot of people had loss of their crops, loss of revenue. But you also had the bright, shining spots. There are creeks and rills that up until this point hadn't had water in them for 80 years. After the earthquake, there were some more water sources. There were some some more uh, avenues for these dry creek breads to come out. So give and take. I think we landed solidly on our feet It will be fun to have the wines and taste the wines as we get into the 2014 vintages of people talking about the earthquake year. Very good. So, But dealing with adversity, let's go back to that because people do ask how that impacts grapes. Because um, 2013 was one of them, I believe 2010 was one of them, vintages where winemakers all over the country were scrambling to try and get in before the rains. In fact, we've had vintages where the actual commentary on reviews was picked before the rain, picked after the rain. Water can do as much damage as drought when you're actually crafting wines. Because say we were in this time of year and all of a sudden now was the time we were going to have 18 days of rain, 10 days of rain, three days of rain. Obviously, our little grapes would suck up that water as fast as they could. And in doing so... 
it would actually dilute the flavors of the fruit. They talk about watery vintages. You would get watery wines, and it wouldn't be as intense. Because of the drought, because of the crop thinning, because of dropping the fruit, what we have on the vines right now is exceptional. It is plump. It is ripe. It has not been watered down. It's going to have great extraction. It's going to have great flavor. It will be fun to see what the winemakers manage to do with this, whether it's Chardonnay, whether it's Cabernet, whether it's Merlot. We should have some amazingly fruit-forward wines as we see what comes out of barrel into all this. So, yes, adversity can help in certain situations. Certainly, we are hoping for a great winter and a nice rainfall so that we can get our aquifers and we can get our retaining ponds back up. But right now, I think it's definitely going to add into a great year. We want to know what you think. We want to know what you want to think, obviously, about the Robin and Andrea McBride story, but also about grapes themselves. And as far as the drought and as far as actually, I'd love to know what the listeners think of Kent's questions about adversity in everything. Call us 877-4-CRUSH-1 or you can email me directly, Laura Lawson at winecrush.com. We're going to take a small break right here. When we get back, we will take a little bit further look at harvest and see what we have coming up in upcoming shows. Need a wine recommendation for a party? Want Laura to address something on the show? Email her at lauralawson at winecrush.com. An adult elephant can weigh up to six tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. Illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills, don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 800-915-9734. 800-915-9734. That's 800-915-9734. The IRS is the most feared agency in the world. You've heard ads from other companies offering to help taxpayers only if they owe over $10,000. Here at Platinum Tax Defenders, we're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and we're proud to be one of the only tax firms in the country who understands that people who owe less than $10,000 need help just as badly. The IRS doesn't care how much money you owe. They'll still garnish your wages and even seize your assets. So whether you owe just a few thousand dollars or hundreds of thousands, Call now for your free tax consultation. If you qualify, we may even be able to reduce your tax debt down to a small fraction of what you owe. So don't wait until the IRS seizes your property and garnishes your wages. Call 800-856-1330 and get your tax problem resolved once and for all. That number again is 800-856-1330. 800-856-1330. As I went through school, one giant question loomed over me. What did I want to be? But in order to know what I wanted to be, I had to first decide what I wanted to make. I wanted to make more. So I became a teacher. Now I make learning a privilege, not a chore. And frustration a tool, not an obstacle. I make working hard seem easy and giving up impossible. I make an old subject feel like a fresh thought and unconventional methods common. I make material things less important, and little things like patience and kindness count. I make weekdays more exciting than weekends, and classrooms feel like anything but. I make things different, which is all I ever hoped for. I'm a teacher. I make more. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. We missed you. Now it's more of the Wine Crush with Laura Lawson. This is the Crush. I'm Laura Lawson. I hope all of you have enjoyed today's show as much as I have. 
and we obviously discussing harvest having the mcbride sisters on it is about getting the finish of 2014 2015 and what we started together but in a roundabout way it's also the beginning it's the new beginnings as we have the new vintage going into tank going into bottle going into press going into making what 2015 was and that's what's interesting and that's the story we find every single year at this time if you ever have the opportunity to talk to a winemaker about what they do and how they manage what happens at harvest remember i told you my hats off to all these wonderful people who are involved in the wine business this is the time of year where i'd be absolutely panicked curled up in a corner with my thumb in my mouth having to manage and deal with all this on the spur of the moment but you want to get into an interesting conversation with people who are truly in the wine business be it the farmers the growers the winemakers ask them about their favorite harvest don't ask them their favorite wine don't ask them what their best wine is don't ask them what they drink because all of them view the world a little bit differently than you and I do. We have our favorite bottles of wine. They, in a moment, can close their eyes and picture the greatest harvest. They can look back and say, this is what Mother Nature did. This is what happened then. This is what broke then. This, oh my God, that's the year it started in August. That's when you're going to catch them and get the best stories out of them. That's when you're going to feel like you truly know the wines, that's when you truly feel like you can walk hand in hand and understand what's in the bottle. Because after all, I'll remind you where we started the show. Mother Nature is in charge, period. There is absolutely no control in this game once it's time to take the fruit off the vine. When you're putting all the love and all the labor and you're trying to condense it into hopefully six days to go into a bottle, that's when everything you have prepared for can go flat out the window this is why it's so amazing to have so many different wines and so many different brands because truthfully there is so much that can go wrong and to have those years where it all comes together where everything lines up and you have a wonderful product on the vine and a wonderful product in the bottle that's when your winemakers are going to come back to you and say wow 2015 Man, despite the drought, despite everything that happened, despite the fact that my bins were late, that I lost my crew, and that the tank broke, it was a perfect year. And that's what I encourage you to do. Understand every year has its own individual thumbprint. And as a consumer, as someone who likes wine, as someone who drinks wine, understand that. That when it goes from 2010 to 2011 to 2012, every year is different this is not a coca-cola this is not a sprite this is one that truly does change by the mother nature's whims by the winemaker's passion and by exactly what they plan for for 12 months in the vineyard all to come down to six days as always on the crush we're reminding you to sip socially to drink responsibly to drink what you like not what you're told but most importantly in vino veritas in wine there's truth i'm laura lawson and i'll talk with you next week 